The Ordinary Discussion Podcast. I'll say, hey, I'm going to draw a circle, okay? And this is like one of the greatest illustrations. And in that circle represents all knowledge from all time. Mm-hmm. And I'd ask somebody who would be an atheist or an atheist, I'd, t- I'd say, within that circle, I want you to tell me how much of all knowledge from all time do you know? What are they going to say? I mean, I've never asked that question and had someone not say, I know a dot, maybe. Yeah. And I'm going to say, so is there a chance that maybe we are outside of your understanding and maybe I can teach you something or maybe there is a God? Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a checkmate point where they're very, at that point, have to go, yeah, maybe you're right. Mm -hmm. And so all I want to do is really, in a sense, cast some doubt into and maybe open their mind a little bit or, or let them at least humbly be able to say, yeah, maybe you can teach me something on this. Hello, hello, Ordinary Discussion podcast listeners. Hopefully you guys are doing great. Hey, we have part two of uh, Scott Leonard uh, today. If you missed part one, it was about apologetics, the defending of our Christian faith. And so in part two, we're going to talk about the some of the top questions that non-believers and people exploring the Christian faith often ask when you share the gospel. Uh, some pretty tough questions like, how do you even know there is a God? Um, how can you believe the Bible is accurate? Um, why would a good God uh, create an evil world where bad things happen? Uh, questions like that. And uh, Scott is great with apologetics and gives us some really practical answers and ways that we can answer those questions and point people to Jesus. And um, I, I think you'll definitely enjoy this and get a lot out of it. I hope you enjoy. let's do this i'm back with scott leonard what's up scott hey man man if you guys no see long time no see i mean i bet people are going to be really surprised that this is a different day yeah yeah they're (laughs) like jeremy's wearing the same shirt so scott but his hat's backwards i mean that's that happens a lot with me we're the same same clothes twice like if i go out on saturday evening you may see me in the same clothes sunday morning because i wore it to dinner with my wife like i won't even tell you how often I've worn the same thing in a week. I'm like, if one person saw me at church, they can deal with yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, hey, last last podcast was great. If you haven't listened to it, uh, make sure you go back and, and catch that. We talked about uh, Scott's ministry in search and um, evangelism and apologetics. Yep. So it was really good. And, uh, and I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to that first and then come back to this one yeah. because it'll, it'll probably mean a yeah. little more. And that one too, what was interesting is that's already become your most listened to podcast. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. I mean, wow. That is crazy. Well, I mean, I, I know it was only five minutes ago, but. Yeah. Well, getting... I believe it. You're a pretty charismatic guy. Yeah. Can yeah. you pull that mic? It's uh, a little yeah. Tough, isn't it? You can't hear me good enough. Well, it's just, it's just. No, I got to I can do it right here. Oh, that actually does sound totally you sound different. really good now. It sounds very different when it's close. You know that Colton Burpo podcast I did has over 150,000 views on YouTube alone. That wow. doesn't even count the, um, yeah. the listens on. Yeah. yeah. We've pa- already surpassed that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's what it's I was kind of pointing impressive. out. Uh, I hope we have. Yeah. Yeah. Hope we will. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like, like, yeah. We got 50 views. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, it's it, we're just doing what God puts on there our heart. Go. So. If it's one of you, it's I'm still there doing. You go. It. Yep, I'm still gonna do it. 
Um, so this podcast, we're going to talk about the top questions asked by non-believers and, and those exploring the Christian faith. So I think this is, uh, this could be a fun podcast. Yeah. Uh, could be difficult for Scott cause I'm going to blast hot him. Seat. Hot, <laughs> yeah, seat. hot seat, man. I'm going to blast yeah. you with some questions. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Scott will do great, uh, answering these, but they, they'll probably also just kind of open, uh, if you're not familiar with apologetics, it'll open the door to that and you'll yeah. see why yeah. it's important. And uh, maybe it'll help you in some conversations. And um, I hope that it encourages you to want to get more involved and maybe buy the books that you mentioned in the last podcast and and uh, and, and get into apologetics yourself because I think it really is important. So um, any thoughts before we get started? No, Are you nervous? Well, Are you no, scared? It's funny because the thought of, on the last one, talking about apologetics and explaining it versus, I would say, doing apologetics now, if you didn't really understand it, now you're going to go, oh, now I see what they yeah. mean. So, yeah, there you go. And I'm glad you're answering the questions, not me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just dive in. Yeah. Um, I think there's a great question to start off with, because if we don't ask this, then why do we ask the rest? And so, uh, you know, and so these questions would be, I, I tried to think in terms of, uh, somebody that is not a believer or exploring the faith, as I said, uh, like how would they pose these questions? Yeah. And so, so I would say, well, how do you even know there's a, a God? Like, how do you even know there's a God? Right. Like, let's start right. off there. Right. Um, I'll tell you this before I jump in the answer. You're stalling. Sir, sir, you, you don't I'm know not, the answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. Call it. Let's call it a day. Um, we, we, we search in, you know, 25 cities, 40 years have said there's really only 10 ish questions that people are asking that are keeping them from exploring, placing their faith in Christ, whatever. Uh, and so some of these that we're going to go over are some of those top, top 10, top 12. Um, so first one, it's a great one. It kind is of this all, in your top, huh? 10 it or is, 12? it oh, is. Wow. Um, I'm so good with questions. What are the odds? Yeah. What are the odds that you would find these on our website? Uh, um, God, let's just start with someone who is an atheist. And really, there's there's no reason for the next questions for us to answer if this one isn't answered first. So that's kind of why we're starting with it, is it begins with, is there a God? Because I don't need to learn about him if he doesn't even exist. Um, great statement I heard somebody say with regards to this question was it takes more faith to not believe there's a God than to believe there is a God. Oh, I believe that. I did this. It was really fun. I got asked to go speak at a public, a very small public, I say public school. It was like a um, micro school, about like 40 kids in middle school. And they said they were open to all ideas and you know beliefs and you know anything was welcome and so a christian dad <laughs> called and said can i have my student pastor come and talk about god and then he kind of had them at check because they had like he enrolled his kids in here because they said this and so, yeah. so they said sure and knowing i had a, just a little bit of time i had like an uh, 45 minutes an hour um as i answer this question i want to tell you how i showed it to these students and it was really classic because I was coming in as the creation guy, the Christian guy, and the few teachers that were there, I was I was like not 
jive, jiving with them. You know, they, they were like, who's this guy? And I can't believe we're doing this. Yeah. Right. I mean, tell me the, I mean, they, a public school asked me to come in and share my faith. Yeah. Essentially, which doesn't happen. So, yeah. so I go in, I've got middle school kids and I bought these $25, um, remote control cars. And I had the kids, we had two teams, we raced them up and down. And then I had them literally destroy them. I said, I want to see how many different parts you can come up with on these $25 remote RC cars, right? And I mean, batteries, the tires, the rims, the the wire, I mean, they were ripping wires apart. And I had, I was like, jump on it. <laughs> and you know, these kids are like going crazy. The boys are going crazy, destroying them. And, and I said, how long do you think it took somebody to put this together? How much time? And you know, like there's R and D, right? The uh, re, re, research, research and development, and development. Yeah. Yeah. for a cheap little car. And they were like, no, wow, this is, this is a pretty complex machine. So I went from these cheap cars to, um, I had them do research for 10 minutes on iPhones. How many, you know, how much money has gone into the R and D? How many parts are there? How many companies came together for an iPhone? And it was just very eye-opening for these kids once, because they're just used to it. It's a, it's a daily part of their lives, but they've mm -hmm. never really considered how complex that is. And, you know, it was crazy the numbers they come up with, and they were all fascinated. We're talking about God here, right? Getting there. <laughs> okay, yep. good. Yep. Good. Yep. Wait, Scott <laughs> forgot what I asked him. I'm giving you the longer answer, but the illustration helps. Then I had them spend about 10 minutes researching the human body. Mm. Muscles, I, see, I see where you're going. There you go. Yeah, so. The blood cells that if you put them together, they could wrap around the moon. Yeah. That you know, all that yeah. crazy stuff. And when they considered how complex and impossible it would be for an iPhone to just accidentally appear. Yeah. Over time, and then we looked at the body, and then I said, you know, from the question of is there a God? I say, and, and a lot of people have heard this. Design points to a designer. So don't tell me the iPhone was just a random happenstance. It could happen at any point in time. And then you go, you look at the human eye, and it is 80 billion times more complex than that iPhone. But yet people are going to say, there's no God. This is all random accident. And I remember looking at the teachers, and they were like, whoa. Like, they didn't know where I was going with it from the car to the iPhone to the body until mm -hmm. I dropped that. You know, it's like I could have just dropped the mic and walked out, and I didn't because I was like, I got like 35 more minutes at this point. <laughs> um, but that right there, and I had these kids, and it was fun because the dad whose, ki whose daughter was in there, she was looking at me like, oh, yeah. <laughs> they fell right into it because they all just said, this design absolutely needed 40 companies to come together with billions of research over decades to produce the iPhone. But then we're going to look at us and go, total random. Um, so I look at the, uh, the creation, right? Our bodies point to a designer. Mm -hmm. The other one that we look at in, in this idea of, is there a God is just morality. Okay. Um, we have an internal sense of right and wrong. Um, I had my, I, I caught my two year old son, Asher, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you remember, but I've told this story a lot. It sounds a lot better. Um, you should put your mouth. Dude, on your you know, you can hear me. Here, I told but you I that. Do see I, that. I think I have is, told you that like. Four times. So I've been called the man who needs no mic many times, but all of a sudden I need a mic. Well, just um, yeah, I'll lean in. Oh, you sound you sound really yeah. Okay, so Asher was two years old, and our youngest everything needs an illustration, right? Well, this is great. Yeah, it makes it better. Yeah, we his little sister was like a month old. We were in the bathroom getting her ready for for 
bed. And mom had just made some cookies, chocolate chip cookies downstairs. And it's like, you know, nine o'clock and my two-year-old doesn't need a chocolate chip cookie that late. And so we said, hey, nobody gets cookies. Okay, no, these are for tomorrow. Don't go eat a cookie. And we turn our backs for, you know, 30 seconds mm-hmm. with the newborn baby. And, and, uh, and Asher walks upstairs. And what he doesn't know, because he's two, and he's just not all there yet, is his face was covered in chocolate, <laughs> okay? Uh, and so he walks up, and I was like, at first kind of mad, like, dude, you just totally, totally disobeyed. Like, this is not this is not good. And I said, Asher, did you get a cookie? <laughs> and he goes, no! I mean, he was adamant that he did not just have a cookie or four. I don't know how many he had. And I said, you, you didn't, did you just, I'm going to ask you again, did you just go downstairs and get a chocolate chip cookie? And I mean, his face was like, no, did, no. And I'm like trying to not smile and laugh right now. So I yeah. was like, hey, Kara, come here, come here. And she kind of walks in and, you know, I gave her this eye, like these big eyes, like get ready for this. Yeah. And I pulled out my phone, my iPhone from mm-hmm. part one of this. And I video it and I go, and I look at Kara and I go, hey, buddy, did you have a, did you have a cookie? He goes, no. I had an apple (laughs) and I picked him up and I faced him in front of the mirror and he saw his face is just covered in chocolate. And it was like busted. Okay. Nobody taught my two year old to disobey, to lie, how it felt when you got caught. Mm -hmm. There was this internal knowledge of like this right and wrong. And so I look at that and you go internal law points to a lawgiver. Mm-hmm. creation points to a creator. Mm-hmm. And so what I'll do with somebody who's an atheist, now watch this, for those of y'all, you got to really watch this, is, is we'll start, like it's maybe a humbling thing to say, yeah, I don't know everything. I'll say, hey, I'm going to draw a circle, okay? And this is like one of the greatest illustrations. And in that circle represents all knowledge from all time. Mm-hmm. And I'd ask somebody who would be an atheist, or an atheist, I'd say, I'd say within that circle, I want you to tell me how much of all knowledge from all time do you know? What are they going to say? I mean, I've never asked that question and had someone not say, I know a dot maybe. Yeah. And I'm going to say, so is there a chance that maybe we are outside of your understanding and maybe I can teach you something or maybe there is a God. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a checkmate point where they're very, at that point, have to go, yeah, maybe yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. And so all I want to do is really, in a sense, cast some doubt into and maybe open their mind a little bit or, or let them at least humbly be able to say, yeah, maybe you can teach me something on this. Yeah. So, so can we really know if God exists? I'm going to point to creation and I'm going to point to law that creation one. You can then go into the stars, you know, the, the whole argument of, you know, if we were, I don't know if you've all heard this, but if we were, you know, if the earth was one degree off, Mm -hmm. we'd all, you know, burn up. If it was one degree, we'd all freeze. Like we're on this razor thin edge of so many other it just doesn't happen. Well, I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning. It takes a lot less faith to believe there is a God than there is to believe there's not one. Yeah. And 
I try to make the other side of the argument. I, I try, even in politics, no matter what it is, I always mm-hmm. try to see the other side. I think I may have learned that from being in sales. Uh, if you want to do, if you want to sell things, you need to understand the other or negotiations, yeah. right? Yeah. And I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how it takes less faith to believe there's not a God than there is because there's questions I just can't answer. Well, where, where do we, why are we here? How do we get here? Where did it start? And you know, um, uh, the coach Joe Gibbs, he, he, I've heard him do an analogy of t- take all the parts of a watch and put them in a box and shake them for 10,000 years and open it up and imagine if that was put together as a watch, a functioning yeah. watch. Yeah. Like, there's more probability of that happening than all of this happening on accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, cause all the parts are there to start with. Right. <laughs> Evolution right. doesn't even say that. Right. And so, uh, there's another great quote that I heard. Um, actually Matthew McConaughey says it in his book. <laughs> I'm like, hey, We're going from hey one now, extreme. Hey yeah, yeah. Uh, but he says, uh, note to the atheist. If a poem is signed anonymous, it still has an author. Hmm. And I think that's so, that's it's so good. It's true. It's like, yeah, I mean, just because, the sky doesn't say this was created by God. Yeah. It's anonymous. It doesn't mean there wasn't an author behind it. Yeah. And um, so anyhow, I thought, I think that's great. Yeah. Let's that's get good. to another question. Yeah. What you got? Um, so again, I'm a non-Christian asking this question, right? So doesn't hypocrisy of Christians invalidate uh, your Christian claims? Yeah. I have so many great stories. And th- this is actually not a long answer, but it's a very asked, very often asked question. Um, I've had multiple people say to me, um, you know, my neighbor, my uncle, yeah, my friend, my pastor. Okay. There's been several, um, I mean, there's yeah. been some stuff come out just in the last couple of weeks. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, he was a, Deacon at his church. They always went to church. It's Ned Flanders. Is it Ned yeah, Flanders? Yeah, Ned, Ned Flanders, Flanders yeah. um, on Simpsons. the Simpsons. And, and and so I had a guy. He said my uncle was the biggest bleep jerk I've ever met, but he was always going to church, inviting us to church. And and I and the guy said, and I thought I want nothing to do with that because if that, if Christianity produces this, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. And so. My first, when, when that one comes up, I say, so let me get this straight. You you think hypocrisy is bad. And they'll go, well, yeah. Say, well, if you were to actually read, get in the Bible, you would see Jesus condemning hypocrisy. And I go, so so you, you and Jesus actually have this really in common, and you have a really strong feeling towards it. So let's not let what y'all agree on push you away from him, right? Yeah. Once they agree to that, because, and they might say, really, you know, let's go there where, you know, Jesus getting in in the face of the Pharisees and et cetera, the the religious people of the day. Um, Then I'll say the second thing is Christians never said, I've never said I'm perfect. Yeah. Right. And so there's this false idea from people, what I like to say on the outside looking in from non-believers, where for some reason they think that we are supposed to be perfect. And I go, that's well, part of that's our own fault. How do you mean? Do you well, mean? the Christian community is okay. Holier than thou attitude yeah, a lot right, of times. And right. it's like, you know, we're so down on everyone for making mistakes. And then we're, we're doing the same thing behind closed doors, you know, that type of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, 
again, it goes back to our first podcast. You guys should listen. Yeah. Uh, about relationship. I think when people are in relationship with you, they realize, yeah, I'm broken too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make me mm-hmm. a hypocrite. It makes right. me somebody that's trying to walk out my faith. But I love the initial response that you had, <clears throat> which is you actually believe in, with Jesus on this. Mm-hmm. This isn't yeah. something that didn't disgust him either. Right. Um, but let's, and then once they can get, I believe that's the best first response because then it opens the door to talk about why is it hypocrisy? Sure. But is, is it also part of our journey as right, believers? Right, right? right. And right. so, but I think once, once they realize that, yeah, yeah, Jesus didn't like it either. Yeah, they're like, well, now I, it's something we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I do like this Jesus guy. Cause, yeah. Um, so, so let me, let me finish kind of, I'm sorry when that, no, when that one comes, I'll, I'll first say you and Jesus actually have that in common and that you don't like hypocrites. And secondly, I never claim, we don't claim to be, the Bible does not claim that we're perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, it, it basically says actually that we're all not perfect, right? That we're all sinners. We're failing forward. Um, and so sorry if you thought I was supposed to be perfect. I'm not, and I'll never claim to be. So you have this wrong idea of yeah. who we would say we are. Um, and I'd say, and it's not a cop-out, it's true. We're forgiven, yeah. But we're not perfect and we never claim to be. The apostle Paul would say, I am the chief, greatest chief sinner, yeah, yeah. sinner of all. Yeah. And right, and he writes half the New Testament. Mm-hmm. He never claimed to be great. Um, I heard a great saying that a lot of you've probably heard, and I say it a lot. I'm like, we are not sinless, but we should sin less. Right? You see, you see what I you see what I did right there? Oh, sinless so so and sin. Um, and it's so true that this process of sanctification Hopefully, Lord willing, we come to faith. We're not perfect, but we're we're getting better. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Um. So that's really where I take that one is. Mm-hmm. Let's get you on the same page with Jesus, and then let me dispel what maybe you thought a Christian was supposed to be. And I tell you, once you can tell them that we're not perfect, a lot of people will not come to faith because they go, "I'm not good enough yet." Yeah. And it's like, yeah. pause. You're never going to be. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Right. Is that you can say, thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy, for love. And Jesus, that's why you died yeah. was so that I wouldn't have to, you know, experience separation from you. Um, yeah. I don't know where the, we have allowed the world to think that somehow Christianity means perfection or yeah. Uh, a sinless yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, it should be sinless, but yeah. it's not a sinless yeah. Yeah. Um, life. And um, that, that's what I love about the Word of God <clears throat> and why I know it's the Word of God and that it's inerrant because, like, there's some crap in there that people would not write about themselves. Right. And there's some right. things in there that, like, if you're trying to glorify David as the greatest king of Israel, mm-hmm. you're probably leaving some of the stuff out. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, but it actually, in Ordinary Men, we have uh, a session. It's called What a Failure. And we actually just talk about all the failures of the faith mm. of the great men of God from yeah. Moses killing a man to. Uh, David's uh, sin and sexual sins with Bathsheba plus murdering a man, uh, Peter denying Christ, Paul killing and persecuting Christians. Like these are all the, these are the greatest men of our faith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. I just want to be like that guy. Yeah. You know, but I mean, man, you talk about somebody that would say, well, what a hypocrite. Yeah. But their trajectory was constant. They may have been some, some of this, but I think it's, where's that line going? Yeah. Um, The the last part of that is, you know, it's people, People come up with either a friend or somebody like I started with, yeah. or they'll go, well, what about the Crusades? 
uh, and they'll bring up something from, you know, a big heinous issue. And I say, you know, Jesus wouldn't have liked that. Yeah. Like just because they did it in the name of Christianity or Jesus does not mean that Jesus agreed with any of that. And so we've got to understand that just because somebody who claims there are plenty of people here we go. Ready? Drop the mic. Big, big one. There are plenty of people who, who I would say who call themselves Christians who I'm going to really kind of question. It's not my place to judge, but I'm going to look and go, you know, you say this, but man, your life is like way, way outside of what I would say, are they sending less or even more? Yeah. Right. And so just because someone says that they're a Christian doesn't really mean that they are. And so I look at some of these big things, these heinous things that have happened that we've all heard about, seen about, read about, whether it was history or whether it was a newspaper. And I go, I'm going to actually kind of question, are they truly like, are they living the life trying to glorify God and Jesus? Or they think that they have this, this identity, but they're really still all about themselves and doing their own thing. So good. So there's my one on hypocrisy. So this is one. It's interesting. I was listening to um, Joe Rogan mm-hmm. <laughs> recently. Heard of him. A clip from Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, I actually like Joe. Uh, I mean, clearly it's it's uh, it's not PG at times, uh, but it's nice to hear a non Christian's view of the world. And mm-hmm. I think it, it it it's I don't know. I, I like listening to it for that reason alone. But he he. Um, went on a tangent about Christianity and mm. how stupid it was and how ridiculous, oh, wow. which is not comical, but comical when you listen, because he says so many things that are facts. And you're like, mm. that is mm. absolutely not true. Mm. One of them is let's talk about, uh, this Bible mm-hmm. that you believe in. Yeah. I mean, this thing is Love thousands it. of years old, written by all these people. Yeah. Like, how can you believe that thing's an error? How can yeah. you believe that thing is, yeah. is a hundred percent true? And how do you know it wasn't changed? Like, yeah. 20 times. Yeah. No. I, so this is one of the, you know, I would say this is one of the top three. Well, he was going off questions. on questions. Yeah. Um, his points weren't valid. Yeah. If you listen to it, his points were not valid. You still have your cell phone. See if you can call him up. <laughs> yeah. Joe. Let's get him on. Hey, Joe. <laughs> Do we need you to listen to our podcast? I'd like to go elk hunting. Go, with go 12 minutes in. <laughs> um, so the way this one's been framed is, is the Bible mythical or historical? Yeah. That's kind of what he was saying. Can I trust the Bible? Um, one of the one of the things that I, it's my first, it's my go to when somebody asks that, um, is I will go towards archaeology. Okay, so I heard I heard a there's a awesome awesome man named Vody Bakum. Have you heard of Vody Bakum? Um, Maybe he's so he he's a great very very smart guy, um, pastor, great teacher, speaker, etc. And oh. I think I have. He played he college YouTube ball. Yeah. 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 Big, yeah. big black guy. Yeah. 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 I yeah. know. He's I know who he is. Yeah. That's how I know his name. Yeah. Uh, love listening to him. Yeah. And I listened to something to uh, a sermon he gave this probably a decade ago. So these numbers have changed, but he said there have been over 23,000 archeological digs in the Bible lands. So whether that's Jerusalem, whether that's Egypt, when we read the scriptures, 23,000 archeological, now get that number. That's a, I mean, how many man hours yeah. is 23,000 archaeological digs? These digs are usually gone for months with 10 people for a year, give or take. So 23,000 archaeological digs and not one thing that's ever been found has contradicted anything mm-hmm. in the scriptures. So 
To add to that, not only have they contradicted something, but so for instance, the Hittites, you read about the Hittites in the Bible. Some people said they never existed because there was never any evidence of Mm. them found. And so they wrote off, some people have written off some of those stories. And then sure enough, they find, they unearth in a dig, this whole treasure trove of Hittite history. Wow. Right. So inscriptions, clay, you know, pots, the stuff that they knew existed, but they finally found it. So I first, so back to the question, is the Bible true or false? Is it myth or, or historical? And you go, well, archeology span is going to point to this is true. Yeah. Um, then I'll go to historical documents. I mean, you have, so let's, you have plenty of, we say extra biblical, not in the Bible writings. Like Josephus. Of, or so a Josephus, a Tacitus, yeah. where, where they find their writings. And some of these guys, you know, a first century Jewish historian, he's not trying to portray Christ, Jesus, to portray Jesus in the light as Messiah. He's just a first century historian talking about this man who is a doer of good deeds and good works, right? And so history is on the side of... Um, of what we believe, you know, you can go to the Euphrates river, you can go to Israel and see all these places. Mm-hmm. And we know that certain events happen there. Yeah. Um, now let me get more specifically into Bible. Okay. So the scribes, right? Like, um, my Bible study, we're in like Mark 13 or 14 and it's like the scribes and the chief priests are coming to Jesus and they're asking them all sorts of questions. Um, let me tell you what a scribe did. Okay. Scribe would be more, we read about them in the new Testament, but they're really functioning in a sense as an old Testament Jewish. They're looking at the Jewish book. So scribe, we talk about a script, right? Um, escribir in Spanish is to write. Okay. So the scribes, what they did was they would copy. They were copyists. I mean, what they did was they, they would study and they would write down. So in high school, I was a scribe. Ooh, <laughs> should we pause and have you recollect and share stories? Of being I've already repented. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you, I'll even know what you mean by that. But we'll take that one offline. You said they copy. Oh, the copy. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> High school. I didn't get it. It was a good saying. joke. It was. Yeah, I just didn't yeah, get it. it. Yeah. Um, so here's what they would do. Imagine you had, imagine this is thousands of years ago and not a whole lot of people are reading and writing, right? It was just a certain people that could do this. And so a scribe, what they would do is let's say you have the books of Moses, right? The, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And you know, this is God's story. Mm-hmm. This is, this is Jewish history. And, but ultimately they're seeing that this is God's story. And so you don't want to copy that un- inaccurately. Mm-hmm. This is holy, yeah. right? So what they would do is you would have, you know, a chief scribe and a, and in my mind, I'm envisioning a classroom of 20 guys. And whereas the teacher today would write something on the board and then the kids would copy it down, he would basically read and then they would write down what he was reading. We're going to now go from one copy to 20 copies. At the end of every line, they would count the words and count the letters to make sure that that one line was perfectly copied. 
if they didn't copy it, if you if you wrote down a word, I mean, if you ever seen notes or write written an email and you like left a word out yeah. or a text, I do it all the time. I'll reread the text. I'm like, I forgot like four words in that. That's a that's a norm for me. Yeah, yeah. So this is what they would do: they would throw it away, or burn it, or bury it. Okay, we can't have an inaccurate copy of the Word of God. Was the idea? So they would copy day after day. That was what they did. So can I trust this Bible? And I go, we think from a copying issue, absolutely. Um, Archaeology seems to back it up. History seems to back it up. And part of this copyist has to do with people say like, you know, maybe they said one thing, but by the time it got to like the 20th guy, it was wrong or they changed, changed wording and whatnot. And we go that that's not how it happened with the old Testament. Now, new Testament comes along. Okay. Very different. Now, Paul would write a letter to a church, a group of people in a city, and they had one letter. So what do they do? Anybody can copy it. They're not scribes. They're not being, they're not having to make it accurate. And so what we've actually found, this is fascinating, thousands and thousands of errors in the copying. Okay. You ready for this? Do you know, do you know where I'm going with this? No, it Have scares me though. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> goes, he like, actually, this podcast has gone south. <laughs> Cut. So, so, um... <laughs> So thousands of these issues where, you know, it says this, like, like this version says it this way and this says it this way. So they said with these thousands of copying errors, um, God, what's the word? There's a certain word for, um, what we call these variants. Okay. Okay. These variants, they say a third grader could catch almost every single one of them. Because, and have you ever done this where you're in a Bible study or you're at church and the pastor's reading a scripture and yours says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but somebody else says, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay. Same meaning. Yeah. Same words. They're just out, right? So you're in a Bible study and there's somebody has the NASB, somebody has an NIV, somebody has the net, and they're different, but they're all saying the same thing. So with the New Testament, we have all these copying er- copying variants. Okay. I'm not going to call them errors. They're variants. They're different but they all mean the same. They're all saying the same thing Okay. of the very, very few where there seems to be a difference, not one or like something that would maybe be considered like a word got left out. Or if you remember in some of the Bible, if you've done, you've probably done this or you see it and in your Bible, there's a bracketed area and there'll be a note and it says some manuscripts do not contain this. Have yeah. you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they say there's not one point of doctrine hinging on any of those things. So it's not like Jesus is one of the sons of God versus Jesus is the son of God. We don't have any of those issues yeah. within our within our um our, our copies and our transcripts. So when nothing changes any doctrine, um we're we're not worried about it. Now let me close this part of the copies out. Imagine I write, and, I, and I've literally done this with students in class before. I've done this in Bible studies where I'll have people write out about, about um, five sentences. And we will then find out, and I'll say just write it as fast as you can. Look at the board. This is a race. Mm-hmm. And we will, within that classroom, come up with, now we have 20 copies right? There's one original mine Mm -hmm. and there's 20 copies and we will find out certain people left certain things out or they wrote a word twice or they left a word out. And I said, how much do you want to bet that with the 20 copies that we can come up with exactly what I wrote? 
by combining all of y'all's because if 20 copies, maybe two people got one or two words wrong or they put mm -hmm. a punctuation in the wrong place, but 18 of them have it the same, odds are those 18 are right. Hmm. Are you following me? Okay. The New Testament, we have like over 20,000 copies. Meaning we can vary. You're saying original copy. like No, not originals, but like we have, Paul wrote one letter to the Romans, mm -hmm. but then we have all these other copies of it. Now we can take those copies together and we can pretty much come up with exactly what Paul wrote. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. On top of that, the early church fathers, just in their writings back and forth to each other, I think we come up with, I'm not going to throw a number out, but it's like in the 90, mid 90%, almost the entire New Testament is written, we have copied from church fathers writing each other back and forth hmm. and taking notes. So, so we have the copies are good, the external evidence of Josephus, Tacitus, etc. Um, let me give you one more, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. But 1,500 years, 66 books, 40 authors, 10 civilizations, 3 languages, Check this out. Over all of that, we have one common theme in the entire Bible. A lot of the guys that wrote Scripture, especially Old Testament, or that, that were writing, you know, let's say, the um, the prophets, they didn't necessarily know each other. They don't know what he's doing, what he's doing. Um, but with 1,500 years, 66 books, 40 authors, 10 civilizations, 3 languages, one theme. Yeah. How do you write? So this is that idea of inerrancy um, or, or of... of um, this is the breathe, the inspired yeah. word of God, is that all of those pages in that big book all point to one thing, and that is someone is coming yeah. who will save you from your sins, mm -hmm. that God is holy and loving, but you are sinful, and so yeah. I'm sending a Savior. So how do you get that unless you have God working in, in and through the whole thing? So is the Bible myth or historical? It's very much historical and we have plenty of apologetical reasoning to believe that. Yeah. It's a good. long answer. No, but it's good. Yeah. And I'm not even going to touch on prophecy would be the last bit of the countless prophetic prophecies from the old Testament. Oh, fulfill yeah. They're fulfilled in the new yeah, Testament. Yeah. And so you go, how do you tell the future 400 years later and nail it? No, I think you take all those together and it would be very difficult for somebody to argue against it. Yeah. Although people do try to, yeah. and they think they have strong arguments, but I would disagree. Right. Right. So again, so some of these, as I look at different apologetical questions, I'm like, there are seven points, mm -hmm. but once you can compile those and look at them, you go, makes sense. Yeah. What do you think of OM so far? Love it. It like opens the door and, and it directs you towards scripture and, and those types of things. The Watchman ebooks and, and things have been really great, helping dig in to kind of, you know, really take our faith a little bit deeper. And so I, I've really been enjoying that. The fellowship's awesome. I'm excited about knowing the other guys who I don't know at all and uh, seeing what God does in their lives through it. It's It almost seems like, you know, we're we're building momentum up to something more. Ordinary Men is like a platform that gives guys the opportunity to walk through discipleship with one another. So when Chad started Ordinary Men, I noticed a change in him over the course of the few months that you guys have been doing it. You know, it's, 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 it's just been cool to connect. It's been cool to connect and be in relationship with other people pursuing the same thing. I'm super stoked on this program.
So I have one. It's it's a it's a little off where we were heading. Yeah. Um, so if God is all loving and powerful, uh, why is there so much pain in the world? And another way, maybe somebody would ask it is, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like a God I want to serve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should talk about that. <laughs> and here we are. Um, so this question we'd probably say is the top one. Really? Or two. Um, it's in the top two. Whereas I, I that last one that. would maybe yeah. be top three. Uh, and this one, it, it's one of those where you've got books on this, but let's tackle it in two minutes, right? Um, this is one where it's a great conversation back and forth. I think from a lecture, it can be hard, um, at least the way my mind works. Um, so does God make sense in a world of suffering if God is all powerful and loving? And if he can deal with and eradicate pain, mm-hmm. why doesn't he? Yeah. So first of all, before I jump into an answer and this is one where within search we spent a lot of time preparing for this but we say this is not a christian problem this is a universal problem Mm. so every religion needs to answer this question yeah you're right right so so that's where i start with this one and then probably the only one outside of this question is an atheist hmm. Would you would you agree? Say that again. An atheist probably doesn't have to reconcile this. Problem. Yeah, yeah, because he doesn't believe there's a god either way. Right, right. Um, but but if then he still has to explain what what. <laughs> well, and then you go draw a circle. Well, put no, it here, here's where the atheist. And sorry to go wrong, yeah. but th- this is like, this is when I watch the news, and they're like, I can't believe so and so did X Y Z. Maybe it's cheat on his wife. Maybe it's. Um, Burn down a, some sexual some. assault on yeah. some young kid. Like, like we all know it's wrong, yeah. But they, they'll proclaim all these things as wrong, and, and but they don't profess Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I would say, well, then what are you basing good and hmm. bad on? Right, like, right. You can't say there's no God, and then say there's bad yeah. or good because who's who's telling you it's good or bad? Right. And so right. then that's where the argument, like for an atheist, even to ask the question, how can an all powerful God, uh, or or try to reconcile that there's yeah. no God, but there's good or bad. Yeah. They have a flaw in their argument the second they, yeah. they say that. Yeah. Because it's like, well, yeah. what's good or bad? Right. I guess if there's no God, then it's just up to me. Mm-hmm. So maybe I think it's good to murder somebody. Right. I mean, you and you think to, it's bad. You also want to say, well, where are you coming up with your morals? Well, no, I want to say right. it all the time, especially when I watch liberal media. I'm like, what are you basing? Like, I get it. Based on Christian values, what you're saying is bad is bad. Right. But everything else you you more or less flip the bird at the Christian values mm-hmm. until it's uh, it's something that supports what you want to right. be good or bad. Right. So anyhow, I'm sorry. I went down a anyway. tangent, but, uh, but so, I think it's, I think it's relevant. Yeah. I think it's relevant. Yeah. I don't. I'm <laughs> um, so we'll start out with, this is a universal dilemma. It's yeah. not a Christian problem. I like that. I've never heard that. that that's great. Yeah. A great, great first stop. Um, yeah. And again, we could, I'm not, I'm not going to give the 20 minute answer, but I'll what the appetite to say, hey, go go find it. You know, re- read a book, go to our podcast or something like that. But you would then I would then take you down and go, let's talk about atheism, let's talk about pantheism, let's talk about theism, and then within theism, let's look at what all the other what what everyone believes. And I can say they really don't offer any hope. They don't offer um, the answer to like where did God come from. Um, they 
they and they don't really help with the problem of suffering and, and evil and pain. So universal dilemma now, here's a second, a second third-ish. People want so when they ask this question, so that this is actually how I'd answer. I'd say, well, what do you, what have you been through? And I'm going to find out the pain they're asking because there's pain. Mm-hmm. I'll say, what's your pain? And then you can kind of get into a relationship. Mm. There, there's a little bit of, of sharing somebody's story. But the problem with this is I'm going to give you a theological answer for a emotional question. And sometimes a theological answer doesn't quite itch that scratch. Yeah. Scratch that scratch itch. That itch. Mm-hmm. Yep, itch that scratch. You know what I mean? Um, we got you. So, so before even answering the question, you got to go, I can give you, and I'm about to give you what I believe is a very good argument yeah. and good answer, but it's not going to necessarily feel good and what per is that? se. So what is the answer? Um, at this point... I'm going to I'm going to use a handful of stories I've heard. So, first of all, is pain and suffering always bad? Here's my illustration. I've heard so many stories personally. I have heard stories secondhand whether it's from a friend from a pastor and it goes like this. Um cancer. Mm-hmm. AIDS fill in a blank with something really bad. Mm -hmm. And, and someone will say it was awful. I have a friend going through cancer chemo right now. It's terrible. It's sad. He's in pain. Um, hard on the family finances, everything. And then you hear people and I know every one of you have heard this, you've heard this and they go once they've come through it, Mm -hmm. if, and when they have, um, the person who has gone through experience, terrible pain. I've heard it was the best thing that ever happened to me. The grass is greener. The sky is bluer. My relationships are Mm -hmm. better. I actually have a better life because of the pain I went through. And so can God redeem that? Yes. Um, I remember getting hurt, getting sick, having people in the hospital and they're like, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good for those who love God and have been called according to his purpose. And I go, man, maybe there is something to that. Can God will bring in Satan, who's a part of this answer, that there is somebody who wants to take us out, um, kill, steal, and destroy. We're going to look at the nemesis and go, is he is he wreaking havoc? Yes. Can God redeem that? Yes. Um, people who have... Well, I would say they hit rock bottom, drugs, alcohol, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And what happened at that point? What do people do? They cry out to God. So I'm going to say, let's not look at evil and pain. or Let's not look at pain and suffering and say it's the worst thing that's ever happened because Mm -hmm. that's actually not a lot of people's um, answer. Make sense? It does. I think it brings about a more difficult question, which I don't even know if you have the answer to. Mm -hmm. and um, You don't have to have the answer to it. but it's like, why is Satan even exist? And why did, like, why would God make all of this knowing that sin, or maybe I, I think I said something to you before the podcast, like somebody may say, why did God even create us if he just set us up? 
Mm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of it from a non-believer's perspective. Yeah. Like, he just set us up, man. He, like he gives us the garden, but then he puts a snake in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he gives us right. this one tree we can't go to, knowing that our curiosity, because he made us, is going to draw us there. And and then it's like, well, you have to have choice for love and all that. But then it's like, well, why? Like, like why? You, you see, like you, you start pulling that thread, and it's like, well, why yeah. does Satan even exist yeah. um, in the first place? And I don't even know if there's yeah. an answer for that. Well, I kind of, I kind of, did you hear me laugh? Yeah. You said something. I was yeah. like, that's literally like, I, that's part of my answer was um, without love, without choice, there can be no love. Mm-hmm. And so there's an aspect of that, of us wanting. He didn't want to make robots. Yeah. And so there, there is the free will. There is that freedom to choose. And, you know, unless you want to be in an arranged marriage, yeah. right? Like that doesn't, it doesn't yeah. work. And so God gave us the, the freedom to make those choices. At the same time, he can use those to draw us closer to him, right? Um, there's a verse that I'm looking through, looking for. Uh, just, you know, whoever has the most sin, there's also, once that forgiveness, there's so much love for yeah. the Lord because they've been forgiven so much. Yeah. Um, but let, let me jump back to and just kind of finish off. I'm trying to think where I left that one off on um, God and pain and suffering and how he often uses yeah. that, right? He, re- he redeems those situations. Um, man, I had, uh, I had that last point and it was right there and then and then I, you I, jumped I in i just had to say something and took it away i'm sorry um but but god so let's go back to just the question if god is all powerful and loving why i just got it why is there so much pain in the world and i say we live in between two gardens have you heard this Mm-mm. there's a garden in revelation 22 and there's a garden in genesis 1 mm. and we're in a time where god i say he hasn't dealt with all of it, but he's going to, right? So a day is coming where there will be no more sin, no more pain, no more suffering, that he will deal with it. But we live in between two gardens mm-hmm. where for a time being, there is that. But I go, so I, I basically, at that point, there's a ton of hope, yeah. right? And then people say, well, how do you trust the Bible? I'm like, well, go back to the earlier question. I can trust the scriptures based on all these things. Yeah. And so I don't live my life daily. I mean, there's crazy pain and, and there's stuff that I can't heal and deal with. And I, don't, I haven't been through a lot, yeah. but I can point people to a day when, because Jesus' death on the cross, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there are many rooms mm-hmm. and I'm getting your room ready and it's going to be awesome. Cross-reference Colton's yeah. story, yeah, right? So that's kind of where I take that where I take that question. Yeah, I think there's another uh, on that question in my mind <clears throat> that helps me work through some of these questions. Like, yeah. we've, you, you had a close friend and acquaintance of mine that lost their daughter recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how you look at that and say, "Well, good came of it," because I can think of a lot of better ways yeah. to get good. Yeah. Um, but I think I ultimately reconcile the bad in life with um, our perspective. And, and that we are not citizens here, but we are citizens of heaven. And this is almost like a, I hate to say it, maybe, maybe this is unbiblical and correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost like a testing proving ground. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, if if that's wrong, tell me, but, um, and it's like, okay, so if my perspective, which is God's is that it's eternity, which we can't even come close to comprehending and nobody can. 
And he looks at it as like 80, on the 80 years out of right. eternity, which is nothing. And he's right. like, okay, well, yeah, there's a lot of bad. And yeah, I, I created this, this world where there's good and evil and, and, but, but it gives you an opportunity for eternity. Um, would I rather have not been created and not have that opportunity? Right. Mm. And so to me, that's where like, uh, and I can't even comprehend losing a child, but we're, yeah. we're losing a child. Maybe I say, well, God's plan is just, it's eternity. Like for him, if my daughter lives to 20 or 80, like it's irrelevant. Like yeah. by with death, you gain eternal life with, mm-hmm. you can't yeah. kill me because when I die, I live forever. And so when we start having that perspective, maybe the pain of this world and those type of things, maybe, maybe has a different sting. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. still stings, yeah. but maybe it's yeah, just Yeah, it different. still stings. I yeah. mean, the, the, Paul's for me to live as Christ and die as gain. Yeah. He's like, dude, I'd much rather be out of here. Yeah. You know, yeah. people ask me questions around that and I'm like, man, I'd rather be gone. Now yeah. I want to enjoy life and raise kids and love my wife and, you know, make, make a difference for the kingdom of God. But at the end of the day, I'm like, man, if my time's up, see ya. Yeah. I'll, you know, I, I, the best I can do it, the best that I can feel, I can answer this question or, not answer this question, just make this down to earth because heaven is such a concept we can't understand. I'm like, yeah. dude, it's a one-way ticket to Maui. I love Maui. <laughs> yeah. So send me Forever. There. Yeah, yeah, with no yeah. pain and yada, yada, yada. So, Well, I hear the Robertsons, like Phil Robertson, the Duck Dynasty guys. Yeah. I, yeah. I listen to their podcast. I'm unashamed. It's a great podcast. But uh, I've heard them say on that podcast that the scariest thing to Satan is a believer that realizes they cannot die. Hmm. <laughs> like yeah. when you start living with the mentality that when you kill me, you give me eternity. Yeah. You start living a pretty scary life in the eyes of Satan. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and it really does just that little paradigm shift really changes a lot. Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me end out this oh, question. Yeah. yeah. Another way. And depending on the relationship and the person, how things are going, if they ask, why does God allow things? I'd say, I don't know. It's truth. Yeah. I'm like, I, here, here are my stabs at answering that question. But at the end of the day, man, well, that's my number that's one answer question to a lot of these because there's really not. I mean, you can debate them. You can admit, there's there's solid answers, but yeah. they still there's still some mystery around them. Is and I said this to a friend of mine recently that's that's exploring his faith. I said uh, you're trying to serve a God and agree to serve a God that you know everything about. Like, why would you want to serve that God? Like, I don't know everything about my wife, my kids, myself. Yeah. Like, let alone about the God of the universe. Like, there's going to, if you cannot come to grasp, but there's, there's points in your faith where you're going to have to say, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, then you probably should not serve that God anyhow, because like, yeah. like if I can fathom him, then why, why yeah. am I serving him? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to look at the camera, which I've not done a lot. But if you get this question, <laughs> ask about what have they experienced? Why the question? What's the question behind the question? Did you lose somebody? Did you? And then let's get personable. Let's get relational and let's comfort that person because maybe you've been through that too. But once you can connect, that changes the whole, that changes the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, we're pushing time. So we're going to wrap this up. I want want to ask one last question, but I had a ton of questions we didn't get to. So I just want to just remember uh, search 
search what is the search website searchnational.org searchnational.org search has their podcast series on there mm-hmm. and they go through a lot of questions and they're they're all like yeah. one question is like a 30 minute podcast sometimes yeah. so yeah. Uh, I would encourage you to go and hopefully this whet your appetite and um, make, makes you want to explore more I'm going to ask one that's on a lot of people's minds it's probably not the most uh, I don't know maybe it's a weird one to end on but um, Rabbi Zacharias um, he, Ravi, Ravi, not Ravi, Ravi. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the greatest apologetics of our time, possibly brilliant mind, brilliant. Yeah. Um, went through life. Everybody looked up to him. And then after he died, there was some sexual abuse scandals that came out. Yeah. More, more than one. Yeah. And so he was one of the greatest apologetics. I mean, a lot of people, uh, came to Christ because of him, I would think. And yeah. a lot of people were able to help bring people yeah. to Christ. How do you reconcile that? Yeah. That, that's um, something I think a non-believer would ask. It's, it's go, it kind of goes back to the hypocrite thing, but even at a greater level. Yeah. No, that, that, as you asked, I was like, well, let's go back to don't let his failure affect your faith. Right. Um, I mean, I'd go to for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. We all have different things that we struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, you might have something different than this guy, than this guy, than me, but we're never done. Like we're never perfect. We're never perfected. Uh, now for what he did and I haven't, I've heard it surfacey. I haven't read stuff and really know the ins and outs, but I'd say he was a fallen man. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say he, I, I hope he was trying, but his flesh. So Paul says, make no provision for the flesh with regards to its lust. And he didn't, he wasn't able to keep that in check very well. See also, and this is where I love, so I'll go similar. Um, Bill Clinton, when that thing happened so many years ago, it was, oh, he's such a bad guy. And I was like, oh, but what about King David? Right? So I'll, I'll look at a Robbie Zacharias and go, we remember David as a man after God's own heart. And you fly into Israel and you're greeted at David Ben Gurion Airport with the Star of David, yeah. and David's this great, great man, but but he took it a step further. I'm going to sleep with your wife, and I'm going to basically have you killed. Yeah, right. And so there's 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 that. I think what feels different is this. it was just it was never like David's became public and repentant. Mm-hmm. I just this this one feels it just it's a it's a tough one. I think it's tough for believers. I can't imagine. I mean. What non-believers think. Yeah. Yeah. And see also the moral failure of so many others, whether they're in ministry or just your neighbor down the street, who's a pretty good man or woman. And then you find stuff out and you go, Hey, this is the, you know, I mean the classic, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. Right. Um, And then Jesus is there with the woman caught in adultery. And he is the one who can cast the first stone. And what does he do? He says, is, is no one condemn you? Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Don't yeah. do this anymore. This is not working for you. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Um, and so that's where I would kind of go. And again, his is such a different one because it comes out after yeah. after he's dead. And so mm-hmm. he can't he can't give a defense. He can't say anything. He can't apologize. He can't say sorry. I'm sure he did. I would hope. I would think as a godly man that he was dealing with this, struggling with this, and therefore hiding it. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, what do you do with it? I go, I'm not going to let it affect my faith mm-hmm. in Jesus, my yeah. relationship with him. 
And I'm just, I'm not going to give it a whole lot more after that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Well, I think it's just a, probably a reminder to us as we walk out our faith that, I mean, even some of the greatest men of God have yeah. um, really struggled. And I think that's um, just a great reminder that we need to be on guard at all times. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what is done in secret always comes to light. Yeah. yeah. And so um, hopefully, if anything, it just encourages us to live a more holy and godly life because, I mean, yeah, I, I don't have to dwell on it, but I mean, his, his legacy is forever yeah. different. It's than, got an asterisk. I mean, his yeah. asterisk it's just crazy. name. Yeah. So let's just, let's just, let's, let's stay away from those things. How, how about it? There you go. There you go. Well, man, this was great. You have great it was, knowledge. It was good. <laughs> no, it was great. Uh, your part was great. Yeah. Um, awesome knowledge. I just appreciate your heart for for the gospel and and the word of God and defending it. And um, I just appreciate yeah. being on the on the, hey, man. On the podcast. Love man. it. This is fun. We've been talking about this for like a year or well months, and yeah. So it's fun to finally get it done. Any final thoughts? Man, I would if if apologetics is something new to you, I would say. Go watch Lee Strobel's mm, The Case yeah. of Christ. If you're a reader, read it. Um, and then More Than a Carpenter. Those two. I mean, The Case for Christ is all about the resurrection. More Than a Carpenter is 12 different topics that will deepen your faith significantly. So yeah. great places to start. Great. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I appreciate you uh, you supporting the podcast. And until next time, let's do this. See you. Bye.